Those gosh darn millennials, they ruin the world. They're responsible for all the stores closing. All they do is eat their avocado toast. We've all heard the same narratives over and over and over again. AMS with AJ on VFX. Hope you're having a good Tuesday morning. Well, how about some of my favorites that as an elder millennial, well, mid-millennial, I think, completely garbage, completely garbage. Like uh, avocado toast, I have never had that. I've never had avocados last more than like a day. Every time my girlfriend now convinces me to buy them, I tell her the same thing. I'm like, okay, make sure you eat it because they're going to go bad. Because they're always, they'll come up, they'll be like 69 cents for an avocado. We'll buy like five. And I think she'll eat about three of them and then we'll throw two. And three's being generous because she usually tries to eat half of them. How about that we're always on our phones? Okay, yeah. Everyone's always on their phone. Do you know who's worse than me about being on their phone all the time? My dad. He's on his phone entirely way more than I am. On top of that, it is excusable, I think, that everybody's on our phones because you can put everything on there. Music, the internet, books, movies, games. Yes, everyone. Everyone, everyone, everyone is on their phones all the time. Uh, do you, how about the fact that every time something dies, like a store or how many times have you seen the millennials killing sit-down restaurants? Um, no. No, no, no. How about the fact that uh, things have changed with the, the newer generations, like equality across the board, talking about mental health? Those things have changed. Those are all good things. Uh, the snowflakes. I hate that so much. Snowflakes. Well, look. Everyone gets mad. Get called a snowflake. Just like... For instance, nobody liked the boomer nickname, right? Right? So, can we just stop? Can we just stop with the generation things? Really? Please, 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 and thank you. Speaking for all millennials, I dubbed the broken. We're done with this. We're done with this. Um, Speaking of broken, if you have had an interesting life, right? Everybody has to struggle in some capacity. You have to come through on your own. Something interesting along the way, but... Is it worthy of a biography? Do you want your story captured? The number surprises me a little bit, and I'm not sure if it's for fame or just to share the story. Is there enough drama, enough intrigue, enough train wrecks in your life to be an interesting story? Because the statistic that one in four people want to have a biography written about them, I guess I guess shouldn't surprise me because I think people want to have the fame. But the question is, is there enough there that it's interesting enough to carry everyone's attention throughout? Ames with AJ on VFX. Because, like, think about it. Like, Sir Elton John's biography, which I really want to read. The reason why is because, like, there's just a lot of stuff in there he did I'm not going to do. There's just a lot of debauchery and all that stuff. That's what makes the story interesting. There's drama, there's intrigue, there's struggle and all that. Do I think a lot of us could put together collections of short stories that would be really interesting? Yeah, I think there's, like, if you took your best highlights in terms of what is the most interesting, it's probably some of my best, some of it might be lowest. I think there's something there, but to put together, like, a 300-page biography, I don't know, big swing and a miss. Another poll found that of the Americans that want their biography, people under the age of 30 are twice as likely to want it. And I was thinking, okay, that's ridiculous because you got a lot of life in front of you. But if you think about it, like you're going to make all your stupid mistakes. You're going to do all your dumb things. Like my dating life from ages 22 to, well, actually, to be honest, 20 
to probably 25. There's there's a, there's a short story in there, I think, for sure. There's enough stories to collectively put that all together and go, oh my gosh, AJ, you idiot. Oh, AJ, you idiot, just over and over again. But I ain't putting it together. I wouldn't call it a biography. There's just not enough there. That's what you got to think about, right? Because the new thing is biopics. The new thing is biopics, right? With the movies put together, you got to think. That's an hour and a half. But all the the drama and the story that has to be put together, it can't just be the boring day in and day out. And I don't I don't think there's enough together for me and enough different. Because I think there has to be a little bit unusual too, right? That's the reason the celebrities one's worse because they get to do things in their life. I'm never going to get to do. I, I hate to bring this up, but there's that MTV show that used to be on, and I think it was called like My My Boring Life or something like that. They used to do makeovers. Someone actually won at my high school while my brother was still there, and they wanted to be a pop star. And um, Yellow Card, at least the lead singer, came down to my school to see if they could do that. And after like a month and a half of trying to sort it out, they just decided there wasn't enough there to be a train wreck for MTV, which is a compliment in its own right. But unfortunately, they're like, ah, this isn't going to work. We cancel. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Because I feel like they're kind of telling you like, man, you are so boring. But in another way, it's a compliment. So when it comes to biography, train wreck, let's do it. Short stories, yeah. I think we all could put together our best collection of short stories. Dating tales of an idiot. Like, that would be mine, and it would be great. Biography? Absolutely not. In 2022, gas prices aside, it seems like everybody's just like, you know what, screw it, we're going back to normal, we're going to do our thing. And the question is, how are you going back to normal? What is your vacation splurge? Because we could all use a getaway at some point in our lives, especially, I think, recently. Screw it, let's go on vacation. Really seems to be the attitude a lot more people have this year. And kudos, I'm all for it. AMs with AJ on VFX for the debate at 8. Because, like, 2020, everything was shut down. Last year, things got a little bit more back to normal. But I feel like a, a majority of us had similar experiences where it was just it was still just mentally such a taxing year and a rough year. And for me personally, vacations represent an achievement. Like, being able to travel to places that I find super fascinating and other people say are cool. Not that I do it for validation, but other people say are cool. It's like an achievement because it's something I never thought I'd be able to do. But it's also kind of like the the goal slash the motivator, right? Everybody needs a mental break from work in some capacity. So having that vacation lurking out there, it's like, hey, this is what I'm doing it for. i got to keep going, keep grinding. It's one of those just out external motivations to kind of set up for yourself, and I'm one of those people who needs some. And this year, ironically enough, of course, gasoline spikes, but everybody just kind of seems like, you know what? We're doing our thing. We want to go back to doing our normal thing. And I'm curious as to what is your vacation splurge? What is the thing you're going to be jumping on this year? Jan's on the phone. Jan, what is it for you? We're taking my kids to Disney as nice. soon as schools get out. I don't care that the flights cost two times what it should. We saved up to take this trip two years ago, and we have been stuck in the house ever since. It's time to start living life again. Do it. Go. Plus, you know, it, it, that's the cool thing about trips, too. When it, my mom, to her credit, uh, want to say four so, four so years ago, my mom doesn't like giving money for presents, but she, she's actually a little bit more flexible on it. But she's tired of talking about, you know, giving experiences as opposed to things for vacation. And I was like, whatever, at this point, like, you don't need to be buying me stuff anyway. But then she wanted to do trips like this, and she was 100% right, because what, what are the kids going to... One, be pumped about that. But two, they're going to remember that forever. Like, yeah, we got out of school and went straight to Disney World. 
And to be honest, with the girlfriend at home who's not a child, those commercials run and she's never been and she's super pumped about it. Though, to be honest with you, the next time, which will be the first time her and I ever take a trip to Florida, I don't think it's going to be Disney World anymore, which I'm kind of cool with. You guys seen that commercial where the, I can't remember what vehicle it's for, but the dude drives around with like a scraper on the back and he pulls out all the trash on the beach and all the turtles come up and they lay their eggs and they hatch. She is so gung-ho about that commercial. Like, So when we go to Florida, I think it's actually going to be to watch turtles hatch. Uh, Alex is on the line. Alex, for you, what's the, the big vacation splurge? Yeah, so I've been waiting for months for a big camping trip. Nice. Me, my wife, the kids. We're going to spend a week in the woods, camping cool. out under the stars. Maybe do some fishing. Maybe some rafting. It's going to be fun. We look forward to it every year. I think especially need the break after this past year. I'm 100% with you. Anybody get a little Griswold vibes there? Is that a little, a little perturbed about it not coming? I mean, the weather has not cooperated all that much recently, has it, to the point where... I guess I, I would not be comfortable camping, but that's not saying a whole lot. For me, we're going to uh, – I keep saying this wrong. I wanted to, I keep saying Sweden, but Switzerland and France in a couple weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. It's uh, my getaway to turn my brain off and just enjoy, and I'm excited. I'm excited. I hope whatever your trips are, they are amazing, even if it's something as simple as I recommend going up to Jackson. And during COVID – uh, we were able to get away just to Boise. Just getting out of the town was such a mental relief. Highly recommend it, and I hope all the trips work out. Surprisingly, one of the best pieces of advice I ever gave anybody, my brother, dad, and I all at the same time were not doing well early on in COVID. And after the trip to Boise, and my girlfriend and I, like we, the whole trip, like we almost slept the whole time because we were just, I think, that exhausted and worn down. But I told it to my brother, and then him and his wife, they went on a trip, and he was like, you know, you're right. Just kind of getting out of the routine, getting out of your own bed just made a huge difference. And sometimes it's all it takes. I will say, when in terms of turning my brain off, one of my favorite trips, my, uh, my old roommate and one of my best friends, and I every year for like four straight years used to do what we call bros in the snow. There was this uh, place in Wisconsin called the Wisconsin Dells, and it's a huge like outdoor summer area. So in the winter, it like basically shuts down, and it's super cheap to go up there, and it's really cool because one of the hotels has an indoor water park, and you get massive discounts because there's just no tourism. So we would go up there, and weirdly enough, it was in this area where I didn't get great cell phone signal, and it was just awesome. Like It was just an actual disconnect, and I loved it so much. Definitely disconnected. Uh, you would have to be. if Look, granted, I understand learning to drive is nerve-wracking and panicking, but if you destroy one one headstone, I would think that that would be enough of indication to maybe just maybe pause, let alone eight. And that is only one of the Florida Not Headlines. When you first learn to drive, it is exciting, minus the parallel parking part. Nobody's ever excited about that. But didn't we all get the same kind of experience, you know, like wink, wink, nudge, nudge? No, of course you're not driving before you have your learner's permit in a parking lot. Everybody. It was like a big church parking lot, too, every time. Ames with AJ on VFX. Who in their right mind would let someone practice at a cemetery? If you're, like, think of this. If you're gone to a cemetery, like, I've driven into them before, and it is it's terrifying. Because they're not meant to be driven in. The roads are just big enough for one person. So heaven forbid someone's there visiting someone while you're going in. And you're very cognizant of the fact, like, I don't want to destroy this stuff because that's disrespectful. I feel like that's how you get ghosts. I don't want to have to be able to explain this one. That'll do damage to my car. 
Well, in headline number one, a 53-year-old woman was learning. She had her limer's permit, and her friend let her practice driving in a cemetery where she destroyed eight headstones. Eight! Which raises question two, how after one do you not just stop and be like, okay, that's that's the end of the day? Headline number two, a man went in for an interview, and he decided, you know what, while I'm here, I should get my, uh, should get my wife something. So he did. He went in for an interview and stole two pairs of shoes. Big problem there, buddy. You have to give them all the information for them to even consider you. I think they're going to find you. Which stories from Florida? We'll hear the full stories, especially just because of, yeah, Headstone Destroyer. Everyone has bottomed out or hit a curb, like done a curb check. They, don't you feel the same thing? Like, oh my gosh, I'm an idiot. Maybe you laugh it off, but like you feel guilty because you're like, I should do, I know better than that. How do you do, like, you wouldn't hit eight curbs in a row then. Abe's with AJ at VFX is Florida not. I'm just blown away that it's story number one. Someone managed to not only destroy one, but eight headstones. Eight. That's insane to me. Like, how do you destroy the first one while you're learning to drive and have the wherewithal to be like, you know what? I'm going to keep learning to drive. A 53-year-old woman was practicing, and a friend took her to a cemetery, which also, Why? And say, okay, quote, because at least she couldn't kill anyone there. And she needed, as she drifted up driving, she lost control of the car, plowed through eight granite headstones. Eight of them. And of course, the Range Rover is not doing very good either. Open parking lot, open church parking lot. That's where everybody's supposed to learn how to drive. There's a lot of space. So even if you mess up, there's like not really, there's not really anything you can run into. That, that craziness aside, story number two. A man went in to interview at a Kohl's for a job. While he was there, he's like, you know what? I really should get my wife something. You know, I'll just get something special letter. I'm thinking about it. He decided then to steal two pairs of women's shoes from the Kohl's that he was interviewing at. He, of course, did not get the position, and he is facing charges for retail theft. Obviously. Like, what? Look, do I want dem criminals to figure out that they're being dumb? No. Please get caught, you morons. But you have to, like, give a form of ID, which they normally make a copy of. Like, you have to have all the information because they're going to they're gonna file your taxes for you. you what, what did you think was going to happen? Like, no, I'm on the job now, so I get this as a discount, right? Employee discount, like, sign up, get two free pairs of shoes. That's what I thought the deal said, right? Right? Okay, let's put these in my pocket. Cool, let's go about the interview. How would I prevent theft? Ah, those people make me sick. Like, really? With all that being said, I think you could go either way on this one when it comes to which story being from Florida and which one's not. Because number two is definitely stupid, but so is number one. And look, while maybe there's a little bit of more leeway I should have for the lady who uh, apparently was learning how to drive at 53, the friend, I have no leeway for whatsoever. Why would you take someone to a cemetery? There's not room in there to navigate whatsoever. So that being said, just because it makes me so mad, I think we go story number one. Correct. Good news, it is from Florida. The 53, a little bit worrisome, not normally in the age range, and a little bit older there. Kudos to her, by the way, because on that subject, and I tell the story all the time because it still blows me away. I just had this conversation with my brother the other day. He was asking if it was still true. One of my friends, still dating a girl, no driver's license. They are well into their 20s. They are potentially talking about marriage, no driver's license. How? How? Though I tell you what, my buddy, not going to take her to a cemetery to learn how to drive. That is for darn sure. Florida not on VFX. Fingers crossed. This weekend's supposed to be a little bit chilly with rain. 
fingers crossed, we're putting at least the 40s behind us as we continue to move up in a consistent 50s, 60s. And yesterday was absolutely beautiful. But we have this game we play, 435-787-0945. Any given time, you can call in and give us your outlandish take or opinion. I could decide if you're crazy or not. I think out good concept for today, a little bit nuts. Fingers crossed we're moving past the cold weather and I can actually start to take some of the blankets off the bed because it gets warm out. Otherwise, no, my girlfriend says, no, 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 no. we need all of these. Ames with AJ on VFX. But there's no denying that, uh, you know, a nice, comfy, a little bit warm bed, especially when it's a cool in the air, I think is the best situation to sleep. But for the Am I Crazy voicemail of the day, a small adaptation to that. I like to put my blankets in the microwave before I go to sleep. I, I love when my blanket is really toasty. It sounds ridiculous, but it, it puts me to sleep. I love feeling so warm before I pass out. And if you have a hard time sleeping, you should try it. So I feel like the concept, very sound, but maybe maybe this is a stupid question. How big is your microwave? I mean, because if you'd said, I put my clothes in the dryer, like, that's not even a crazy opinion. One of my favorite things, right? Getting up in the winter, right? Going, going to school is that my stepmom, right before she would ask us to pick out our outfits the night before, and she'd put them in the dryer, and then we'd put them on right before we left. Oh, it's the best feeling. You're so warm. And then you like try and just like hug yourself to try and keep the warmth as long as possible while you trudge through the cold out to the car and sit in the car. Oh, it was the best. And warm, okay, I can understand. It's the whole reason for being underneath blankets. We're getting to that point where I think it's a little bit nuts, but. I, I'm I'm just lost on the microwave that is big enough to fit blankets in it. Not to mention, like, how much do you clean that microwave? Like, I know you're supposed to. Mine at home is not great. It really isn't. So do you have a special closed microwave? Is there one just set aside? Wouldn't, wouldn't it just make sense to use the dryer? Like, in all honesty, I mean, unless you just got a heck of a way to transport the darn thing. But I, I don't know. Whose whose blankets are smaller? Maybe that's your issue. Maybe you you could fit them in the microwave because your blankets are so slow, small. If you got bigger blankets, man, you covered up, then you'd be warm, and this would whole solution would be taken care. Of. I'm just confused on the whole microwaving part of it, how it fits in in terms of the size. I don't get it. <laughs> Moves him to tears. Do you think? Just that every time he gets that blanket, it's a little bit of holds back, chokes back one because it's just such a great emotion. Scale of one to ten, are you a crier? My girlfriend and I got into this exact conversation this weekend because we got to see something pretty amazing, to be honest, because of Utah State softball. There can't be two criers in a relationship. Nothing would ever get done. Ames with AJ on VFX. Now, let me be very clear. That's not to say that both people don't get emotional because we're not both monsters, emotionless robots. But there can't be two people who, like, get teary-eyed at, like, everything sentimental because you would just everything would come to a halt. For instance, for instance, so uh, if you're watching a movie on the couch, right, and you get to a sad part where someone dies or it's the magical moment where they kiss or whatever, guaranteed every time my girlfriend is going to at least tear up a little bit, a little bit, because she is the sweet, big-hearted person that she is. I can enjoy the moment, but more often than not, not going to be caught necessarily at that moment crying. And so... What happens is we get through the movie, and I could stay grounded. 
And she's like, oh, it's so happy. And then I will point out something to be a, a butthead about it. But I will point out something ridiculous. But it's a good it's a good sense of balance, right? Because if we're both crying there, then then we miss the movie and we're whining. We got to go get something to wipe our eyes, whatever. This weekend, another example, we uh, got to participate with the Utah State Softball Day at Alley Day. A great ceremony that was really cool for a little girl that passed away. Love Utah State Softball. Then they did a whole thing and they had the stuffed animals that they donated to the hospital. It was really great. So she came along, Ashley did, and she sat and watched the game. And so she's down the stands while doing this pregame. She cried. I'm doing the reading for it. I'm not crying. I want to get. I'm a little choked up. But I'm not crying because if I get, it's not getting done. Like as sad as it is, we're not getting done. We're trying to keep a schedule here. You got to be able to do that. And that's a prime example of that balance kicking in. That's, again, it's not to say that I'm an emotionless robot. There are definitely things that get me. And the stupid thing is, they're the same things over and over. Like, apparently, whatever reason, they are the triggers, and every, it doesn't matter how many times I watch them, they will get me. And remember the Titans, when both the ending, right, your Hall of Famer in my book, that classic Denzel uh, uh, Washington line, that gets me every time. But the speech where they say you blitz all night and get some jazz up, gets me every time. Gets me. Um, the episode in Scrubs where Dr. Cox, spoiler alert, I guess, Dr. Cox uh, decides to get the, the – he has a patient that passed away, so they're going to donate her organs because they have people in the ER that need them. Turns out the patient had rabies they didn't test for, and everybody dies, and he just loses it every time. Tears. Tears. It's the same – and it does not matter how many times I watch it, every time I'm going to cry. Every time I'm going to cry. But I would not classify myself as a crier. I do get choked up occasionally, but I don't cry at everything. Anytime there's a sad moment – Somebody's happy. There's the happy ending at the end of a Disney movie. My girlfriend cries every time, and it's about balance. I keep us on schedule. She's the one that keeps us uh, hopefully not completely cynical. Speaking of being cynical, I, my dad once upon a time said that selfies, autographs are all stupid. He just wants a handshake. I think he's wrong. You meet an idol, your favorite celebrity, whether they were an inspiration, they're just your all-time favorite actor, or maybe you just finally get to a concert and whatever reason you just bump into the lead singer of your favorite band. What are you doing? What are you asking for? Ames with AJ on VFX. And the reason I ask is because my dad repeatedly has said to me, it's not worth it. It's not worth getting anything. He respects Roger Federer, who arguably is one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Not arguably. He is. And my dad said if he met him, wouldn't want an autograph, wouldn't want a picture, would just want a handshake and be able to say he met him. And that's great and all, but I like to have a little bit of proof that I met him. Anybody could just say that they met Roger Federer because who's going to dispute it? Also, tennis is obscure enough that I think people are like, oh, yeah, right, of course. Yeah, who hasn't? So the question is, which would you rather have? Because I think my dad is absolutely nuts because my brother and I are actually bigger into autographs more than selfies as a sports thing. And I think the reason why is because I feel like you treasure the possession more than a picture. And, I, I like, I have baseballs and footballs that are autographed and you get the cool display case and you show them off as possessions as opposed to like if you took a picture with like I don't know, say for instance you got to meet MGK and you took a picture with him and then like would you print it and have it framed to put in your house I feel like that's kind of weird that almost feels like a little stalkerish doesn't it it's a little bit it's cool to have it to share on your social media there's no denying that because nobody's gonna I'm not gonna share a picture of a baseball with an autograph of somebody on it people are like oh my gosh it's lame but I, would, I think I'd rather have the possession than so the, the memory. But you can decide for the poll of the day on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. Tara said, autograph, I would have a stupid smile, never live it down. 
I'm one of the celebrities I did meet that I did get a picture with. Uh, if you're a wrestling fan, CM Punk is his name. Uh, but he's a, he's from Chicago. I took my dad to a hockey game, and I literally ditched my dad. I was like, wait here, and I sprinted off to go take a picture with him. And I freaked out because it took me 35 seconds to get my camera open and flip the right way, and he was giving me some crap about it, rightfully so. He was really great nonetheless. But I'm, I'm with Tara like that. There is pressure. Hopefully you have a pin on you for the autograph, but the picture, you want to make sure it's a decent picture because, like, of course, they're going to look great. They're a celebrity. Like, it's, there's like a requirement that they look awesome. You better match some of that energy. Otherwise, you're like, ah, here's the picture I got with, with CM Punk, but I look like an absolute doofus in it. It was a great memory, but I wish the picture was better. Shay said either. Jennifer said one of the few times I'd take a selfie. Tammy said selfie. And Ashley said autograph. So more of not people going with the picture as opposed to the possession. I'm telling I think the I think the possession. Granted, I'm thinking of more athletes, and that's probably why. But I like the possession. I do have a lot of concert tickets. One of my favorite things is take uh, the ticket itself and have them autograph it. And I haven't figured out what to do with that. I probably had to make a shadow box out of it, honestly. But I have a folder of just autographs of people. But when, if you met like your favorite celebrity, the person you looked up to most, or they were your favorite actor, or whatever it is, would you rather have an autograph or a selfie? Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. Okay, so dating is a nightmare. And I wanted to share this story because this is a bold, bold choice. Originally, I thought the question was, would you set up a friend with someone off of an internet dating site. I was like, well, why wouldn't you let them do it yourself? No, 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 that's not what happened. What had happened is that that person decided that they swipe on you and they're like, okay, cool, now give me information about your friend. <sighs> you can't help how you meet someone. It's totally the line in the rom-com that would explain like the weird circumstances for people running into each other, but I don't feel like that's always the case. AMs with AJ on VFX because people get jealous and you can definitely meet someone the wrong way or try and find out about someone the wrong way, like the story that's recently gone viral on TikTok, where a dude swiped on a girl only to ask, hey, who's your friend in the picture? Which I feel like is not a great start to that conversation because, like, what what do you know about her? Nothing. You know what she looks like. So I think she pretty, please, please tell me more about her so I can talk to her. Not not really winning brownie points. and. In the story that's gone viral, the girl did refer her on to her friend, which is big man status, like huge, huge status in terms of being, all right, cool, but don't ever do this again. It's not advisable. So my question is, if you found yourself in the exact same situation, whatever online site it is, and you got matched with someone only for them to ask about a picture that's someone that's in your picture, would you refer them on? John's on the line. John, what do you say? Yeah, why not? Always here to help a friend out, especially when it comes to girls. Uh, I'm not sure how the girl would feel about me rejecting her and pushing her onto my friend, but hey, yep, we never know. Could be meant to be. Rejecting <laughs> her. <laughs> okay, I, I think that is the, that's like the being upfront answer, right? That's what we're supposed to say. But like, it's always weird. And, and granted, I think it's weird if you make it weird. Because, like, if nothing really happens between the two of you, there's not a history to fall back on. It's just, like, an anecdote that hopefully fades away because it doesn't matter. But, like, there are plenty of girls in late high school and college that friends and I were both interested at the same time. And then we'll see how it goes. Actually, one of one of the, I think, funniest ones is a buddy of mine uh, is who's married. Him and another friend went to a party and they spotted a girl and they were, like, had a friendly competition to see who could win her over and my buddy that won her over, they're married now. And that story, I think, she laughed about it at the time. 
But that has a weird story. Like when you explain it out loud, some people are like, oh, huh. <laughs> you definitely see the reservations on their faces. And it just, I think it depends on how how much someone else holds on to it. Uh, Abby's on the line. Abby, what about you? If someone connects with you, you can pass them on to a friend? No way am I ever doing anything like that. It would be super awkward for as long as the relationship lasts. I mean, there would always be this little, like, secret between us. And I don't think I'll ever be comfortable with that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know that I'd call it a secret. I mean, you could be up front, right? I mean, I guess not. You could just say, hey, I know this person. But, like, why Why would you not? All I know is, like, one of the lessons I learned hardest, especially going through college, is do not do not date in the friend circle. It sounds like a great idea, right? Oh, it's already so convenient. We already all like each other. But, man, that goes badly. Like, you will single-handedly destroy friend circles. There's a <laughs> – me and another buddy have dated uh, our other best friends, wives. I don't know. I, I've dated two of her really good friends, my friends dated like four of them. So you're talking about like six, six, actually it's five because one overlapped, five girls. And because of what had happened, she's she has a hard time being friends with any of them. Now, I would I would like to make my case to say that that's because in the handling of the relationships, her friends generally were the ones that stepped out of line in terms of doing the wrong things. Like, you know, the things that are unforgivable in relationships. But regardless, it single-handedly destroyed a whole friend circle for her because they all just went out. And because she's married to her husband, can't ditch us. And all of a sudden now she can't bring him around. Don't date in the friend circle. It just does not. just does not go well. Um, are you a type of person who doesn't like a birthday party? If someone throws you one anyway, are you going to be upset about it? And I ask this because... I'm a little bit of that curmudgeon, but I would never think to file a lawsuit. Now that I found out I could win half a million dollars almost, maybe I would? I feel the older you get, the more birthdays mean a little bit less to you. Or actually, the more they you want them to be less significant to you because you don't want the reminder of your mortality, right? Because they're great. Every year is great. One, two, etc. until you get to 21. And then a couple of those afterwards I think are good. And then you're like, okay, I don't need the reminder of how close I'm getting to 30 and so on and so forth. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's the debate today. But, but if someone threw you a party, would you be upset about it? Even though you start to think that they don't really mean as much to you. On the phone is Oliver. Oliver, what about you? Want a party if someone says no party? Oh, I wouldn't even think about trying to do it. I mean, why waste your time planning if they didn't want it? You know, th- th- that part would be a waste of money, it'd be a waste of time, and-, and it wouldn't be making that person happy. So there's probably something else you could do for them. A fellow curmudgeon. I would say, though, I think more often than not, depending on, I originally picked like a surprise party, and that I've never, I've never, do not, do not take me to a place where they sing happy birthday to try and embarrass. My mom loves doing that, even though I, I hate it. And she does it solely for herself. And that's probably why I hate it the most. Just don't do that. But yeah, go out to dinner, get together. It's fine. Surprise party, try to do an embarrassing thing. Absolutely not okay. Now, if someone was to throw it, I think generally deep down, I would be okay with it if someone wanted to take the time to throw me a surprise party, but I wouldn't make a big deal my birthday going into it. I don't think I would sue, though. Apparently, recent, it just happened recently, but back in 2019, there was an employee in Kentucky who was going to, he was having a birthday and told the company, don't throw me one. Granted, because it, it triggered his anxiety. 
They refused to do so and threw him one anyway. He sued the company. He's now just recently won almost half a million dollars, which is nuts. And again, I get the anxiety and tech thing is in there, but wow, kind of makes me change my perspective just just a little bit, just a little bit. And again, I get the anxiety is a factor there, but you imagine being like, oh man, I just won half a million dollars. I sued work. Oh, what did they do? Is there workman's comp or they were discrimination? No, they threw me a birthday party and I said, I didn't want one. What? Those jerks. How dare they? <laughs> Natasha's on the line. Natasha, somebody says, don't throw a birthday. What are you doing? I probably would, especially if it's someone I know is just saying they don't want a party. My sister said she doesn't want one for her 40th, but if I didn't throw her a party, she'd probably still have to be very disappointed in me. Okay, well, see, that's just frustrating because how are you supposed to read their minds? I want to be very clear. I'm not be disappointed if no one throws a birthday party. But I think the sad thing about it as I come to talk about this and realize is, do I think birthdays mean a little bit less to me? Yeah, I don't want to be reminded how old I am, but I think that they also are a reminder of like things going on because everybody gets busy, right? Me and my friends all moved away. They're buying houses, getting married, having kids. And so it gets harder and harder to actually see people besides, you know, a Facebook message or a text. It's happy birthday. To be honest, the birthdays that have already happened with my friends this year, that's all it's really equated to. And I think maybe that's a reminder more than anything is not so much just the age. It's just how much things change. Actually, speaking of work, I want to go back. So this this whole thing also brought about the fact that someone won half a, almost half a million dollars suing their boss for throwing them a birthday party. Um, I have been very vocal about the fact that there's someone here who's notorious for taking things out of the kitchen, out of the fridge specifically, that's not theirs. And there's no like general, there's not generally a general store in there that's like, take one as you please. Someone offered up a solution that I may barf, but I think we get the job done. Last week, Ajay, trying to be the jerk that he is, was trying to say that uh, maybe, maybe the ghost is the one that stole my soda out of the fridge as he was trying to be snarky about the fact that he doesn't believe in the Radio Ranch ghost, which in that after show, Producer Butters, myself, and Mima laid out plenty of examples, I think, that are at least weirdly coincidental, if not more, which we all think they are. AM's with AJ for the, uh, on VFX for the debate today, and I said, no, 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 no. There's people that do that in this building. Don't put that on the ghost because that's been happening for a while. And it's true. And it, it comes and goes and it slows down a little bit. But we have definitely had people that have taken stuff out of the fridge, 100% not theirs, from sodas to foods. And it's worth noting, there's not like a community, like a group of sodas in here that's like, hey, take them as you please. That's not the case. So I was making sure that it was very well established there's somebody here that does that. And it's really obnoxious. I'm lucky enough, I don't bring anything here, so it's never happened to me, but pretty much everybody I've worked with, something of theirs has been taken. Well, then Thane was like, AJ, I got you. Here's how you solve it. And again, heads up, you might gag a little bit. Here's how Thane dealt with it. So I I worked at this place for 17 years, and there was somebody that would always steal your food out of the fridge. What a jerk. So one of me and my best friend that worked there, we uh, were like, all right, we're going to get this guy. We're going to find out who it is. So we made some cat food tacos. Oh, disgusting. So so we got some Frisky Brands cat food, and we put it in tacos, and we, like, put stuff on it, you know, made made it look like it was somebody's lunch. We put it in the fridge, and we we, it was a down day for us, so we were just kind of camping out in the break room to see what happened. And uh, sure enough, here he comes, and it was a a new hire guy, and he come in, he went to the fridge, he just, like, just stands there for a second. He gets it out. Takes it over, warms it up in the microwave, oh. sits down like it's his own lunch, 
and me and my friend Aaron, we are dying. It's like everything we can do to not just start instantly laughing. So he sits down, he's about halfway through the first taco, and my buddy Aaron, he's a bodybuilder, and he just yells out, how's the cat food tacos, buddy? And he's like, what? I warned you. And and Najee and I both agree when we talked to Thay, like, I don't I don't think we could do that. And all I could think was fresh off of us doing the the ketchup on the burrito and the onions on the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Like, mm. but I don't think I could make that. Not to mention, I once had a, a dish. It was like shrimp and vegetables that I brought in as a leftover. It was one of those phases where I was trying to eat healthy and cooked it. And then I got I got stern looks from people like, oh, who was the one that cooked the fish? You cooked the fish. Thanks for stinking up the kitchen. Could you imagine? Granted, you probably make this at home, but could you imagine still nonetheless the smell that would be lingering in your microwave, the work microwave, if you happen to do that with cat food? Oh, oh, it's a great way that ended up getting them into a conversation with HR. And I bet that person thinks twice before they take somebody else's food, though. Hmm. Just don't do it. The debate at eight on VFX, uh, the whole co- that whole thing started, by the way, conversation about a ghost. Speaking of ghosts, so the weather getting warmer. I was actually having a conversation with Ajay, and we were talking about night games we used to play as a kid. And I was, we were going back and forth, listening to the ones we used to play, and I was getting a little excited about it. And then I thought, you can't play night games in Logan. You can't. You would absolutely get paranormally abducted. As the weather gets warmer, night games become an option, especially as you get closer and closer to school being out. Now, Ajay and I were reflecting on this not that long ago, and then I thought, wait a minute, you can't, you can't play night games in Cash Valley. Like, the paranormal will abduct you. Ames with AJ on VFX. Now, let me be very clear. My references are based on a good friend of mine who writes books about these uh, for uh, the Stranger Bridgeland series, Mr. Olson. But I have no doubt that his word is factual. And like, like just just for instance, like some of the games used hide and seek was a popular one. When I was a kid, they used to love to. There was a nearby cemetery to one of my friends' houses. Kids always used to love to go in there. I hated that then. I don't want to be in a cemetery at night. Pass. But some of the stories I've heard about Cash Valley, there is um, there's once been upon a time been a cult spotted in I believe it was in the Wellsville slash Hiram area that was in a cemetery. A bunch of hooded figures that were just standing there and chased a car that happened to stumble upon whatever they were doing. More importantly, there's another story. This one blew my mind. But there was another story where uh, they were camping. And I can't remember specifically where, but I'm pretty sure it was in the valley. And someone was playing with their cousin. They were playing, and all of a sudden their cousin kept trying to climb up this mountain. and wouldn't say anything and just try to kept coming to get him to come more and more and more and more. And then ultimately it got to the point where they got so high, they're like, no, nah, I'm uncomfortable with this. They left only to go back and find out their cousin had never left the campground. They were hiding under the truck the entire time. What was that trying to lure them up? Like, you can't play. You can't play the night games in Cache Valley. It's not going to go well. It's not going to go. My town's boring. My hometown is boring. There's no cool ghost stories about it. There was the mansion once upon a time that I think had something to it based on my like one encounter, but it got knocked down. It's gone. Here, there's there's ghosts, and there's been stories of the black-eyed kids that want to get in your house and just spread the feelings of dread and depression. Look, I don't want to be anti-fun, but don't do it. It is not a good idea. Also not a good idea. And ironically enough, I talked about checking a curb while then getting into the Florida Knot story that was about uh, someone taking out eight headstones in a, gra- in a graveyard, in a cemetery, 
Which of the mistakes is more unforgivable? Checking a curb and then deciding, that's ah, fine. Or dealing with the nightmare that I think driving with a trailer is and then being like, ah, this is just going to be everybody else's problem because I can't deal with this. Curb checking is the really, I think, one of the first burns you really get your friends with, right? Not to say that there is a teasing and stuff along the way, but as you grow up, that's the first one, right? Everybody's got to... Everybody at some point has to insist they're the best driver in their group of friends and their group of family. And that curb check, that's always that reminder of being, eh, about that. No. AM's with AJ on VFX. So it happens. Everybody's popped a curb, whatever, bumped one, tapped, whatever it is. But no one thinks, ah, well, this is a good parking spot at any, so I'll just leave it here. As in nominee number one, curb marks the spot. And what's so frustrating about it is that this truck... Right there's the the pill shape right curb that goes around in the front of the parking or the front of the parking lot for a store, and this truck if it backs up, what, three quarters of a foot I think, it's probably off the curb. It's gonna have its butt sticking out, which is a whole other dilemma. But I mean, what, what is this a truck flex? Is this like the snow pile thing? Is that what it is? Like I conquered this curb, I'm good to go. I just don't understand. Nominee number two, if you can get past the visual. Of a trailer being pulled by, or a tow, it's a tow trailer with like a bunch of boxes in it, being pulled by a, a minivan, which is a weird sight to behold, to be honest. But if you get past that, then you can just focus on the just absolute atrocity that is it taking up stripy rectangles, special needs spots, and just driving straight through the markers that say, here are the special needs spots, the pillars that mark the spots, and just be like, you know what? This whole thing's a nightmare. I can't turn around with it. I never remember which rule is the one to back up. So I'm just going to park here because it's easiest for me. And everyone else is just going to have to deal with it. Hope you all can accept that. But that's a matter of reality right now. Okay. Okay. That's how it is. Now, my vote doesn't get officially cast until the end of the week. It's called cheating. But my vote doesn't matter regardless. So which one annoys you the most? Because... Just, wow, the subtlety of number one, but does not diminish its annoyance. Like, it just back up. Just back up. That's what's so frustrating. Just back up and straighten it up. And then number two, I understand. Trailers are nightmares. I never want to drive a trailer again. But, wow, man. The confidence and the arrogance in that parking job. Which one annoys you the most? It's pinned to the top of our Facebook page. It's on our Instagram as well. Utah's VFX. If you see terrible parking, you can safely uh, take a picture, submit to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our Instagram, Utah's VFX, and then your internet, and also doing a good deed, helping clean up the terrible parking in the valley. VFX's Facebook roulette, looking for good things to share on Utah's VFX, along with the poll today, park narks, you know, fun stuff so that Facebook remains a good place. AJ Knight, it's AMs with AJ, and I landed on uh, the page my marvelous escape, but it says me trying to socialize expectation. I'm assuming for the Loki series, which I, look shame on my dojo. I still have not seen any of the Marvel shows. Just fell out completely out of the loop and have not gotten back onto that or the Star Wars ones. But anyway, it's Loki looking loud, having a good time, smiling. Reality, Loki in the shirt and tie who looks like he's just. It's like one more time. This happens one more time. I swear to all that is holy. Because it's true. Sometimes you don't. You just. You ever. You ever been a socializing fellow introverts? You ever been socializing, and you kind of get into a situation you don't realize, and you just go with it and going well. And then all of a sudden, some for whatever reason, your brain does you dirty and goes, "Hey, this is going well." And then that <laughs> feels like it starts to fall apart there because now you're cognizant. You weren't thinking of it. Now all of a sudden, all you can think of is the fact like, 
Okay, I think I'm ready to go home. That was that was the moment. That was the click there, and I want to go home. Utah's VFX, all social media, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, uh, Twitch, where the after show is at 1030 with uh, Producer Butters and Mima. Of course, mine is the AJ Knight across all social media. Um, don't microwave your blankets. I feel like I should have said this earlier when we played the when we heard from the Am I Crazy. Warming your blankets, I think, not necessarily a notion that's not insane, but don't microwave them. Just feels like that's a fire hazard. And coming from me, feel like that should say a lot. So don't do that. Tell tomorrow morning frames with AJ at VFX. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening.